This Boss Lady Coaching podcast episode is produced in part by Fort Knox Federal Credit Union. People helping people. Visit fortknoxfcu.org. At Fort Knox Federal Credit Union, we've got your back through all of life's biggest moments. Like when your daughter looks in the mirror at the bridal shop and says, This is the one. When you walk through a home that you want to make your own. This is the one. Or when he tours the campus for the first time. This is the one. Fort Knox Federal Credit Union has money to lend for each of life's precious moments with low-rate loans for every celebration. Stop by a branch or visit fortknoxfcu.org for more information. Equal opportunity lender. Enjoy free tools at bethebosscoaching.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Boss Lady Coaching. All podcast content is property of Megan Stiff, Holly Sexton, and podcast guests. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Hello. Hi. Hello from Holly's house. You I'm monumentally excited. <laughs> excited about something that you've done. Um, you weren't going to do it. And no. Then you did it. And then you made me do it. So this I is the power of accountability. This yeah. is why I'm a big fan of coaching and having a support network because it's so easy for us to talk ourselves out of things. And back about a year ago, I set a goal for myself of writing um, and developing a journal, um, something that I wanted to be able to use with clients and frankly I wanted to use myself um, really to be able to track not huge diary entries, not um, something that takes a lot of time, but the ability to write down one thing a day that I intentionally look for or do to push myself out of my comfort zone. And I was looking for a journal like this, and I couldn't find anything like it. So, which, when you think about that, it seems ridiculous because there are yeah. so many fancy, pretty. I know there's like meal prep, like what I'm going to cook for the next month. Like we have journals about that, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, what am I going to want to eat for Thursdays from now? How am I going to know that today? Like, <laughs> sorry, I, I just don't understand people. I, I applaud you if you can think that far ahead. But um, yeah, I was looking for something like that, and. Um, decided, okay, in 2018, I will make it happen if I haven't found one. And of course, it is um, it is October now, so the year was coming to a close, and I had given myself permission to be like, you'll get to that eventually, and enough's going on right now, you don't need to take that on, but um, I'd talked about it enough here with my accountability partner, and uh, she encouraged me enough that I said, fine, I will do it for you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it, because I need it, too, um, and, I, and I love your concept, and the great thing, too, is that you found somebody yes. that can help you. I have a killer designer. I can recommend her to anybody if you need graphic design work done. In just a couple hours, we knocked out the design for what will be a six-month bullet journal called Braver by the Day, a, um, now I'm trying to remember the subtitle, this is also new, <laughs> a bullet journal for fearless women. Um, so this will be going to print hopefully this week. We're waiting on some final revisions, but um, the designer's been fantastic. Um, you mentioned something in your calendar process that I thought was interesting because we are talking about crucial conversations for the duration of the podcast for the next little bit. Um you mentioned having tough conversations. Yeah. So how does that relate to the the calendar that you're creating? Well, I I think that willingness to talk about difficult situations or issues is really something that sets whether you're female, male, any type of leader. I think that's what sets true leaders apart is their willingness to confront those issues and 
that can be really intimidating for a lot of people. It is intimidating. It's still intimidating. I've just had to do it so much in my professional journey that sometimes I forget that that is incredibly stressful and scary for people. So I think being able to talk about how to prepare for those conversations and um, really just encouraging people to have them because I can guarantee it's one of those things... Um, like a Band-Aid almost, where if you just rip it right off and you deal with it in the moment, it's a lot easier than when you recognize problems or you see issues and you let them pile up and go unaddressed and then suddenly it's this volcano that erupts. Yes, it becomes <laughs> this emergency. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. And in the crucial conversations book, oh, go ahead, were you going to? No, go, go for it. Um, I don't know if you've read the book, um, a, a professor at UofL, Kathy Abdovich, I love, she's like, Abdovich. I love how she talks. So, (laughs) Kathy Abdovich said, this is a great book, and she was absolutely right. It's very inexpensive. It's everywhere books are sold. You can get it on Amazon. You can get a a digital version. But it's called Crucial Conversations, Tools for Talking When Stakes Are High. Um, There's an edition that came out in 2002. And the information that came out in 2002 is just as relevant today because it's about people yeah. and it's about how they relate to each other. So um, to define it, a crucial conversation is a discussion between two or more people where the stakes are high, opinions may vary, emotions run strong, and the outcome can greatly impact your life or the person you're talking to. So that's the description of a crucial conversation. Everything else is just drama or something somebody's brought to you that you don't have to yeah, handle. But that really encompasses a lot of things when you think about it. It's, as you're reading that description, work. I was like, yeah, that's kind of everything almost. It <laughs> it's everything. More often than not. Um, there's also a biological response. So when that happens, um, when you need to have a crucial conversation or like you said, you're experiencing that volcanic moment, you're actually experiencing a biological reaction, a high adrenaline, high blood flow, the fight or flight is happening, um, low blood flow to the brain, which is the worst time. You ever walked away from a situation and said, I wish I had said X, Y, Z. I wish I had said overthinking. This. I'll be thinking about it for two days. <laughs> yeah, so that is all part of the process for everyone. So let's take a A relaxing breath and just realize that we all have these crucial conversations, biological responses. Um, Yeah, it gets your animal brain ticking. And I think in, in just thinking about my experience with these conversations, knowing that your body is going to respond that way and finding little ways to just pause those emotional reactions. I think how you react so much in this these moments, that's really what's going to drive the mm-hmm. tone of the conversation. They talk about self-monitoring, which I really liked because it gave me some power back mm-hmm. and some centeredness to say, okay, you're not out of control. You are, in fact, very much in control. So with self-monitoring, you can pay attention to what you're doing, the impact that you're having, your body language, your breathing, and then you can alter your behavior in the moment. Um, that's why meditation is incredible. I'm working on it. And I'm not great if- at it, but I'm working on it. But it helps you. It's training for these high-stress moments. Yeah, and even if it's a matter of knowing and thinking through now when you're not being faced with an issue to confront, how you could train yourself to take that breath or maybe to ask a question before you respond to get that clarity give yourself a moment to respond so you're not just 
in an automatic defensive moment, but really trying to get at the key root of the issue. And sometimes, you know, giving yourself those moments to be able to generate thought and think before you speak mm-hmm. rather than just um, refuting what's said, but really understanding what the other person is trying to get across. Sometimes that can uh, really help move things along so it's not a combative conversation. Yes, and you highlighted a really important part that I've learned about reading. And this is one of those books, sort of like Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, that I finish yeah. and then I start over again. And <laughs> I find be annual something reading. <laughs> this is my Harry Potter. You know, I find some something new every time I read it. Um, but in in detail um it gives you tips on how to handle those situations and how to diffuse those situations because we know personally when when you're having a personal problem say with a relationship with a spouse or child or or a friend um we immediately tend to go into a self-defense mode and all of a sudden this question or topic may become charged and then you take all the rationality out of it and you can't have a good conversation about it. In work through the years I've seen people yell at each other in in a professional setting where that would be completely inappropriate but something starts out as as accusatory or mm-hmm. you know it's just not said it's not framed in a way that's productive and then before you know it two people that are otherwise very rational and are in a professional setting are screaming at each other and i like how you positioned it as keeping your power and i'm thinking of a situation where um, I met with somebody, um, she had asked for the meeting, and I could tell just based on the setup that she had something she wanted to talk about, that mm-hmm. she felt like m- maybe she wasn't sure how I would react to the issue she wanted to bring Motive. up. <laughs> Motive is so important. Yeah. Understanding, too, what the other yeah. person what their expectations are out of the situation. Exactly. So we sat down. I had a feeling like there was something I probably wasn't going to want to hear. But frankly, there is so much value that comes from surrounding yourself with people who will tell you what you need to hear and not always what you want to hear. So she just started, I mean, very, I would say, in terms of how to um, begin a conversation like this, she did it perfectly. And I think what really made it productive was while I wanted to, uh, inside my head, I was like, well, this is why we did this, and this is why we made this decision, and this is the other alternative that wasn't viable. And the wheels are just turning so fast. Yeah, I'm having that conversation in my head, but at the same time, um, asking her questions to better understand. um, So tell me more about um, how this comes across, or what would happen in this situation, giving her some alternatives back to consider. Or really, I didn't respond to what she was saying in terms of a judgment until much later in the meeting. And and really, um, I think my tone was just about like how we're talking right now. It really wasn't very different, even though, and again, some of this is just breathing and knowing that this isn't, she's talking to me because she cares about us making a good decision. And if she didn't care, she would be having these same opinions, but they would be going to everybody else but me. Yes, which is <laughs> she the wants worst. me to succeed. Yeah, boss ladies, by exactly. the way, don't do it. Yes. I see it all the time. It is destructive. Yeah. Stop it. Um, so she wanted me to succeed, and yeah. it was great because the more I could control my reaction and and really just look at it as you're, she really was right. We needed to, to talk about how to position this and and how to make decisions and and implement a situation that 
um, it needed to be thought about and to be able to react with gratitude to her and saying thank you for giving me the chance to think this through with you Mm -hmm. um, she just continued to give me information and a perspective that honestly I would not have otherwise had Um, there were things factoring into why she wanted to talk that I wasn't aware of and I think if it had become this combative um, defensive, no, we're right. And Mm -hmm. that's it. Um, I mean, I learned a lot out of that conversation that from a strategic standpoint, I needed to be aware of. Well, and and, and you reframed it too. Yeah. It was so productive just by like, okay, this isn't a personal, she woke up hating Megan Stith and thinking I'm a total idiot. And (laughs) you know where your head goes, my head goes of like, you know, everything you do is terrible. Um, no, she wants us to succeed. Mm -hmm. She wants to be, help me be aware of some of the other um, factors. It's just impossible for you to know every undercurrent of every decision. And um, I think it added so much value to be able to have that conversation. And if I had just shut it down, I know we wouldn't have gotten where ultimately we were able to go. So I promise I'm not preaching anything that I don't always practice it perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's- for sure. But it, I promise it's worth trying. I agree. Um, I, in the past, I'm a better writer as a communicator, and especially when I get emotional. Mm-hmm. And as my emotional intelligence has developed, it's nowhere near where I want it to be, but as it has developed and as I've practiced and worked it like a muscle and exercised it, um, I can see that now I can remain more. When I'm a thunderstorm inside, I can be a lot more chill on the outside. Yeah. My face, not so much, but you know, but my words, definitely. But writing, and there have been times where I've had crucial conversations with people that I needed to have face-to-face yes. that I wrote down and gave to them. And at the time, that... As Maya Angelou said, you know, when you know better, do better. So at the time, that's that's all I had in my toolkit. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did with that tool. But I see now that I could have handled that face-to-face. And I should have. There are times where it's appropriate to sit down with people yes. and to talk. Half of the journey to success is learning when or when not to send an email. <laughs> yes. I don't know how to say that any other. It should be on a, a t-shirt or something or as a famous <laughs> quote. Um, and I'm sure it could be spun differently. But I mean, I th- when I think of the times that situations get um, needlessly complicated, it's usually because something could have just been a phone call or a stop in and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, addressing it personally versus, um, I think knowing where that line is and that's a hard line to see sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I think being able to recognize your gut reactions to situations, like if you're mad and you just got an email that set you off, the time to respond is probably not right away. No, (laughs) not at all. And if you can train yourself to recognize, I'm upset right now, or I'm feeling, um, we all know that fight or flight, what that feels like. It's kind of like butterflies hitting your stomach. Yeah. Um, You know, when you feel that, back away from the computer. Do not pick up the phone. (laughs) Go (laughs) run. Go talk to somebody. Go um, do anything but respond in that heated moment, because that's where it becomes so much more difficult to control your response. And even if it's I understand some issues are really urgent, but even if it's five to 10 minutes, I mean, most situations can breathe a little bit. And sometimes it's a matter of I'm going to draft that email or I'm going to draft my talking points and I'm going to sleep on it. Mm -hmm. 
gosh, there's so much power in sometimes just looking at things the next day from oh, after you had sleep, <laughs> yeah, and, or yeah, 15 absolutely. other problems have come up since then. And you're like, well, this one's really not that important anymore. <laughs> That's Still why I love don't spend the small stuff because it's just like that. Yeah. It's like, will this matter in five years? Yeah, yeah, and and we're the hundred year thing. In a hundred years, there will be all new people. That's true. If you think about it like that, there will be all new people. Surely we can all find somebody to get along with. So this situation is not that urgent. Not everything is an emergency. And you're right. If you don't have to respond right away, take some time. And the next day is even better. You're clearer. Um, And usually tone is so hard to read, no matter how good a communicator someone is. So um, taking that time, I think, is really important. One of the best pieces of advice I ever received was that a sign of maturity is recognizing that not everything requires a response. And in the world of social media, we're all, all commenting on things. We're all liking it or being showing angry faces or having an opinion. <laughs> I think that's really true. The more I, the further along I get and the more experience I, I um, go through, it really is true to recognize that it doesn't mean if there is a problem that needs addressed, it's just so much easier to talk about it as you go rather than letting it just become this giant bag of issues that you're going to have to plop down one day and unpack all at one time. But recognizing that it doesn't all have to be uh, something that you comment on or that you take up as your big problem of yes. you're going to go into battle fighting. Um, and I think, too, like, rationally think of what is your impact? What is your, what is my impact? What is our input? And what will that do? Yeah, what in, the grand do? Sc- in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, does it actually change things? Can it bring yeah. about change? Or is it just going to give somebody a perception of you based on this one-dimensional thing? Yeah. What good will it do? And I, I hear a lot of... Um, I don't think this is something that just women do, but once you start noticing people um, putting blame on others or making excuses in the workplace or, um, you know, if if something they did, um, I I know I've seen before where um, somebody says, well, it wasn't my fault because X, Y, or Z somebody gave me was wrong or Mm -hmm. um, they, they pass blame to other people. And when I notice that, it makes me wonder, like, what are you trying to accomplish by this other than you're, you're clearly throwing somebody else under the bus, Mm -hmm. um, is that really necessary? And and I think sometimes we forget um, not all things need to be said and uh, what damage sometimes doing those kinds of things can do. It's let's just all think a little bit before, (laughs) before we react and respond. And, you know, what, what is that saying about you when, um, you know, I've certainly had to think on my feet because of, Situations I found myself in that were not of my own creation. Yes. But you don't, that's not how you, do you really gain anything by presenting it in that way? That's, and that's what therapy is for, <laughs> friendships are for, and people yeah, to talk to. I just think it, it shows so much more um, leadership and professional ability when you take what's thrown at you and you find a way to deal with it and, and solve those problems without, again, getting defensive and, or it wasn't my fault and this mm-hmm. is who messed up. Um, you know, there's, there's ways to deal with it that I think reflect better on you personally. I agree. And um, I think a lot of that comes from culture. The culture sure. of a workplace can breed that if someone is operating out of fear. And with the crucial conversations, if you can extinguish fear, if we all, when we sit down to have a conversation with a person or even in the moment, can extinguish fear, fear of attack, fear mm-hmm. of retribution, fear of shaming, fear of whatever, if you can extinguish that within the first 
three sentences, you're probably going to have an incredibly fruitful conversation, even if you disagree. Yeah, and I've tried to make it a habit of giving people, even if it wasn't um, you know, something that we were necessarily talking about, but giving them permission to push back and welcoming, saying, I want to make the best decisions possible. So mm-hmm. please, like... It, it, ask tough questions, scrutinize this, give a better way of thinking and proactively telling people that you work with or that you come in contact with that this is how you operate. This is what you welcome and giving people that permission. And I think you're more likely to get people speaking up in productive and constructive ways when they know it's safe because you've set that expectation. Almost like I, I expect you to do this versus, um, you know, something that you should feel bad or, um, scared to do. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's the concept too, of being able to make a mistake and, and not being afraid. And again, that culture that comes from the top, you know, creating a culture like that. And even if it's, um, I know in some large organizations or, I mean, organizational organizational culture is such a complex thing. Um, it doesn't also mean, though, that you have to wait. If Well, if my boss isn't doing this, then there's no point in me doing it. I think that's what we want to impart, especially to our listeners, is that you, you are the boss of your life. Of your you life. You might not be of your organization or your your workplace. <laughs> Sean asked me that. He goes, wait a minute, because I talked about somebody, and they're like, well, they're not a CEO. And I was like, that's not, Irrelevant. What, <laughs> that's not what it is. I was like, it's being the boss of your own yeah. life, taking taking responsibility. Yeah, taking, taking control, control of yourself. It doesn't matter what game other people are playing. It's not... Your focus is you and the, being the best you you can be. And if you can set that tone, go for it. Don't wait for it to come down from the top. It really starts with each of us. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. That was a sound bite for sure. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are completely open to sponsorships and partnerships, particularly if you're in the dry shampoo arena if you're producing that we would love to have you as a partner and coffee too any other requests for sponsorships or partnerships i am just so loving seeing the people we're getting to work with that has been so much fun so it's just been a blessing to see who wants to be part of this and to just see where it goes and to recap for uh, crucial conversations let me find that really quick and i will edit that there's a test you can take and it's also available on audible that is how i listened to it i should i don't ever know if to say if i read an audiobook or like i guess it's listened but oh it's <laughs> on people, audible yeah i i am familiar with when you were talking about it earlier i want to be like well i read that but it, i've listened to it i guess technically that um, totally counts yes that's totally counts. <laughs> um, great the website is crucial conversations.com there is a test, one of those fun kind of tests that you can take, but it's an under-stress test, and it will tell you a little bit more about your personality and style when it comes to crucial conversations, so you can monitor a little bit better and be prepared. And if anybody listening has questions or dealing with situations, I I will, again, guarantee I'm not an expert, (laughs) Um, but if we can help talk through situations for folks, send us a message. You can reach us through Facebook or our website. Uh, I think where this gets really fun is to be able to help people deal with real world situations. So if you have uh, something you'd like us to talk about with you um, or offline or on the show in the future um, in terms of answering questions. Well, yeah. guess what? You we'll don't have to be you. perfect to be qualified. That's right. We will get do it our best. So thank you all for listening and look forward to talking with you.